Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is America's Trucking Network with Steve Summers. All right, final hour on a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. Boy, they go by so fast. We're now into the 12th day of October, mid-October coming on. Going to counting down to Halloween, right? The change of the seasons. Well, Travelers Weather, a service of our friends at Travel Centers of America, TA and Petro Stopping Centers, home of the World Blends Coffee, the freshest roast on the road. Uh, we're still talking Delta, or shall we say the remnants of Delta. That's making for kind of a soggy start to the week in the eastern U.S. Rain spreading north and east from the southeast into parts of the mid-Atlantic and the northeast, the I-95 corridor through the day today. Uh, The worst rainfall flooding threat has pretty much ended. Uh, There could be some pockets of heavier rain through Monday in parts of the southeast and the northeast. You could see some localized flash flooding Still in some spots. Yeah, the rainfall will slow down that Monday morning commute there in the northeast, though. Yeah, we're talking rains throughout the day, stretching from all the way down about Wilmington, North Carolina, on up to Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, You're pretty much, uh, at this hour, socked in through northern Virginia, Maryland, uh, the eastern half of Pennsylvania. It's raining in New York City, out on Long Island. Uh, Although, again, not torrential rain uh, like we've seen over the last couple of days. Uh, The severe threat will be further to the west today uh, with the cold front, which has been uh, producing some pretty powerful thunderstorms this morning uh, through parts of Iowa, northern portions of uh, Kansas, eastern Nebraska. Uh, That line, that front progressing, uh, we're going to be bringing some pretty heavy rains, thunderstorms. Eventually into uh, Illinois, yet later in the day, moving through parts of uh, Indiana and Ohio. There's a little bit of a question mark, I think, how far to the south those rains are going to extend. But And it's not, it's not like a dramatic cool-off behind that front. You know, some cooler temperatures in the wake of that front. But All right, with that, I'm going to get back to Philip here because, again, I'm not sure if he was with us earlier when we were talking about Disney World that reopened back in July, and you remember all the headlines, everyone saying, yeah, how do you plan to open these amusement parks? You're, the COVID is going to be on a, a rampage you know, throughout these facilities. You're putting all these workers at risk of dying from the COVID. Who's behind making these horrible decisions, trying to chastise the governor, DeSantis, you know, for easing some of the shutdown and whatnot? Uh, those worst fears have not come true. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, no Disney workers have come down with COVID on the job, according to the lead union. 
None, as in zero. Now, the according to the union, we've had very few, as in cases of COVID, and none, as far as we can tell, have been from work-related exposure. In other words, several workers may have come down with it, but due to the contact contract tracing, it's been from uh, from outside of their work that they've uh, become infected. Other activities. Uh, that, according to Local 362, that represents roughly 8,000 attraction workers and custodians. Had you heard that, Philip? Uh, yeah, I've heard that before, and I, you know what, dude, I stand behind my union on that one. It, that's not my union, but it's part of the Service Trade Council Union, which is the uh, council that does all our negotiations and everything. Um, as far as work-related, no, absolutely none. And we we take pride in what we do down there, and uh, trust me, I, I wipe a lot of hand railings down. I wipe trains out. I mean, the part of it, Steve, a lot of it has just been taking care of business clean-wise. You know what I mean? The, the protective measures that they implemented to, to get, what, authorized to reopen, right? The, I guess the, the mandating the masks and things of that nature, they're doing the social distancing. Well, think about this, Steve. Uh, Disney is located in Orange County. Okay, so before Disney could open back up or Universal or any of the theme parks, they had to meet the standards for Orange County. Then they had to meet the standards for the state of Florida. And then they had to meet the federal standards for the CDC. So it wasn't like it just came open. Um, think about this. I came back to work at the end of June. You know when, you know when the first guest walked in our, in our facility at our area? July 14th. Wow. So that, all that time from when I came back until July 14th, I was learning how to take care of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of people are scared of the parks and stuff. And hey, if you're scared and you think you're going to get it, stay home. Do whatever your whatever your 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 mind tells you to do. But to be quite honest, I have I've had to learn a new way of doing my job, and it's a lot different than what I used to do back in the day. Man, we used to open up the doors and let them in, just like cows, so to speak. I hate to say it that way, and I don't mean to be derogatory like that but now it's we put them on the train we leave them to the sitting area where they go because it has to be a clean area it isn't like you just hop on the vehicle like you used to you go on a ride they're they're gonna they're gonna distance you out on the rides so yes there's a reason why that the union made that statement it is fair what they said now as far as the contract tracing and all that stuff i i don't know nothing about that and i don't know how that's handled um, I don't think we do contract tracing. At least I don't know that. I've not, I have no party to that. But I will let you know that the company is have, has testing out there for us available if we want it. So if we want testing, we got it free of charge. We can get it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. so I mean, so, uh, you, I mean you, you, you think Disney World is trying to present that information to, like, Governor Newsom? There in California, who, who he refuses to allow the parks to reopen in any capacity. Well, Steve, you just heard. A, well, I came on your, I came on the show, I think last week, and said this that you heard about all our full time people are staying there, didn't you? Did you hear? You remember me telling you about that? How they they're not going to lay off all our full timers that are there now? Yeah. Okay. So I really think 
that the people, and this is my personal opinion, the 32, there are 28 or 32,000, I don't know the exact number, it's in the thousands, number of people that got laid off, or they're going to get laid off. I think that could have been saved if Disneyland would have been open. Yep, yep. Uh, because you think about it, you're making millions of dollars a day in revenue. You got park costs. You got a, you know, you got a lot of. There's a lot of costs to doing what we do, and you're not making that no more. And you're sitting on it. It's just sitting there idle. It's like having a truck that's fully functional and not having no freight to go in it. Okay, and that Governor Newsom, he needs to wake up, smell the coffee. I mean, there's a lot of them that do. Business has got to carry on. I mean, it's carried on through the flu. It's carried on through other things. I just think... And even the, and even the World Health Organization over the weekend has clarified that they do not think lockdowns are the way to go, that they should only be used as a last resort. Now, that's that's the word to, to global leaders, because you've got all these European countries that are talking about going backwards and shutting everything down again. It, well, I heard some of that about some of the hot spots that we have now in the United States. Oh, we, you know, we're getting this, or we're getting that, we're freaking out. Dude, if you do the measures that you need to do, and I, I seriously believe, Steve, and this is my opinion, I think that we need to be a little cleaner than we are out there in America. And that's a lot of problems that we put, they, they woke up to with this. Um, I think that we, if we went out and did what we had to do, if you have, you wear a mask. You know, I have at work. I have to wear a mask and a face shield. So, and I'm I'm working in 90 degree weather. You know, when I'm standing on a platform talking to somebody now. But you know what? If it saves my life, I'm going to do it. And if it saves their life, I'm going to do it. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. People don't people don't want to step up to the to the plate. They want to be rebellious and whatnot. Now, did that happen to the president because he didn't wear a mask? I don't know. I don't know his situation. I don't know who he's been around or anything like that. But me personally, for my situation, it saved me and probably saved somebody else, too. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, of course, there's, you know, we, they said last week that, uh, what, the virus can last a lot more hours in the air than they previous thought. And I see over the weekend, I guess new research is showing that COVID can last for up to four weeks on cash money, like banknotes. Yeah, I, can, I mean. That's if, insane. If I, you put it on a surface. You know, and we are we are using cleaner. When I work, as long as I've worked at Disney, I've been there ten years. We had cleaner before that was, you know, just like your general, like a fantastic type cleaner or you know, general purpose cleaner. But now it's it's beefed up. I mean, it's like it's got it's not bad stuff. It's watered down, obviously, because you got to you're dealing with the humans. But it, you know, it's we're using good cleaner. I mean. It's made by Echo Lab, and it, it's it's strong stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, we've got sanitizer everywhere. I never seen so much hand sanitizer in my life. Right. We have people that just fill sanitizing stations all day long. That's all they do. They carry around a gallon jug of sanitizer. You know, so that statement is fair about what the union said, though. I, it's and I'm gonna tell everybody out there: if you want to come down, don't be afraid to come down. I'm not saying that for my job. I'm just saying it in general. Yep, yep. So that is fair, though. All right. Well, good to hear from you, Philip. Glad you're feeling better. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you all later. Thank you much. Have a great day. There you go. Yeah, the, the, the coronavirus 
can remain infectious for weeks on banknotes, glass, and other common surfaces, according to research by Australia's top biosecurity laboratory, highlighting the risk from not only paper currency, but touchscreen devices, a.k.a. smartphones, laptops, handles, and rails. As Philip just said, I mean, they spend a lot of time wiping down rails. Uh, They're at Disney World. I'll give you more on what this latest research had to say after a quick time out here on America's Trucking Network. This is the Miami Valley Gaming NHRA Report on America's Trucking Network. Onboard safety features kept Leah Pritchett from harm in that wild St. Louis top fuel dragster crash. More from John Kernan on NHRA.com. When you see an incident such as the one Leah Pruitt experienced at St. Louis, your first thought is for the safety of the driver. And when Leah climbed from the car under her own power, it was a welcome sight, made possible by NHRA's safety rules and Don Schumacher Motorsports' commitment to building as safe a car as humanly possible. We do a lot of things to make sure that our cars are built safely. You know, we only use Plymouth tubing. You know, we take the time all of our tubing, we polish it, we back purge everything as we're welding it. The cockpit's a very rigidly part, built part of the car. You know, it, it, it's built to be the safest spot of the car, you know, primarily because the driver is there. Uh, it's built and then inside of there we have intrusion panels and padding everywhere we can get it to make sure that the driver is held firmly and supported during a normal run as well as in an accident. Going back to some crashes that Tony Schumacher's had and Antron Brown, we've looked at a lot of the interior cockpit. We wanted to make sure that in the event that there was a crash that basically her knees and, and her, or her hands don't get thrown around and hit any sharp objects. So we've really worked on the interior of the car to you know, hopefully just minimize things from possibly broken bones to just bumps and bruises. The cockpit of the car did everything it was, we asked it to do. Uh, inside the cockpit, there was no structural damage, there was no broken tubing, there was no fractured welds. The cockpit of that car performed exactly as well as it could have. The canopy also did its job. There's always the chance of having some flying debris come back and hit there. There are some witness marks on the canopy that shows you know, there was debris flying in her direction that I think definitely helped you know, veer it away from contacting her. The team will continue to look over everything, and if they see something they can improve, they'll implement that change as soon as possible. This is the Miami Valley Gaming NHRA Report on America's Trucking Network. Take Dennison reporting for ATN. <laughs> yeah, tell us, uh, scientists at the Australian Center for Disease Preparedness. Uh, showed that the SARS-CoV-2 that causes COVID-19 is extremely robust, uh, surviving for 28 days on smooth surfaces like glass that you'd find on your mobile phone screen, uh, plastic banknotes at room temperature. See, our our currency here in the U.S. is uh, it's not that you know, plastic kind of stuff. You get some of the you know, foreign currency, other countries, yeah, some of their currency. It is almost like a plastic. 
Uh, let's see. For the regular old flu, that they said it, it can survive up to 17 days. Uh, virus survival declined to less than one day at 40 degrees Celsius on some surfaces. Uh, this kind of adds to the evidence that this COVID survives uh, for longer in cooler weather. That makes it harder to control in the wintertime versus summer. Our results show SARS-CoV-2 can remain infectious on surfaces for long periods of time, which emphasizes the need for regular hand washing and regular cleaning of surfaces. Uh, It tended to survive longer on non-porous or smooth surfaces uh, compared to porous, complex surfaces, things like cotton. All right, so the the research received funding from the Defense Department. It involved dyeing, drying the coronavirus in an artificial mucus on different surfaces uh, at concentrations similar to those reported in samples from actual infected patients. Then they re-isolate the virus for a month. It's a lot of time, 21, 28 days. All right, well, don't be microwaving your currency like some here have tried in this country. (laughs) Uh, Cash in the microwave doesn't work out well, if you know what I mean. It is 29 past the hour. Back to your calls just ahead here on ATN. Everything else. All right, before we get back to the calls, a couple of uh, industry headlines uh, real quickly. We were talking earlier about the uh, broker transparency, the issue of broker transparency. And uh, the FMCSA uh, hearing the calls uh, to maybe make some changes. And they're going to be holding a listening session. And you will be invited to participate. Uh, It looks like uh, on Tuesday, tomorrow... The FMCSA will formally announce they will be hosting a listening session uh, pertaining to property carrier brokers on Wednesday, October the 28th. It will be held virtually, and you will have to register in advance uh, via the website, fmcsa.dot.gov. They want to hear from the public on your views on the regulation of property carrier brokers in general, according to the notice. Uh, That includes three pending petitions regarding specific... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Specific regulation issues for brokers. The listening session will not discuss uh, issues about broker or freight forwarder minimum financial responsibilities. Uh, You can also submit written comments to the docket at least seven business days in advance of the session. 
you can send those by going to the regulations.gov website. And you will need the docket number uh, to comment on that. OOIDA is encouraging drivers to participate in this discussion. Uh, They say we will be participating in the listening session. We look forward to further explaining why improving broker transparency is needed. Uh, We encourage OIDA members who have been frustrated by the lack of compliance and enforcement of broker regulations to share their experiences with the FMCSA and register for the listening session as soon as possible. Uh, This is taking place after OOIDA filed a petition for rulemaking to amend certain requirements of brokers earlier this year. And we've been through what that's all about. The brokers, in many cases, uh, having the contract to where if if you want the load from this particular broker, you sign the contract which says they they don't have to show you. They don't have to give you an electronic copy of the transaction record automatically within 48 hours after the services have been completed. They've got the loophole. And with that, uh, what are we looking at? Back to the calls. Good morning, blind man. Good morning, Steve. I feel outnumbered. Um, Everybody here is for Biden. I walk with my neighbor because she doesn't want to walk alone, and she's telling me all the Biden signs and how great he is and everything. And I don't have the heart to tell her, once you leave this particular area, if you go up to Pennsylvania, there's nothing but Trump signs up there. So anyway, what I wanted to talk about was um, I did listen to the debate between um, Kamala Harris and Pence. Mm-hmm. I couldn't take it. I had to turn it off after five minutes because Kamala reminded me of my former wife. Yeah, I remember you said last week that you didn't think you were going to be able to watch it because she reminded you of your ex-wife, right? Yeah, I mean, she sounded snarky and condescending. Yeah. Now, you know I rely on voices since I can't see that well at all. And um, her voice just turned me off completely. So, uh, and I bet a lot of men out there are going to say the same thing about their ex-wives. Very true. (laughs) Yeah, I got a trucking question. Okay. I remember reading this story in in, uh, my reading book in the fourth grade. It was called Times and Places. Yeah. And there was a story about this trucker that took his two kids along with him on a run. And he was held up by um, some hijackers, and they were offloading the cans of goods, uh, fruits and veggies. And the kids crawled into the front, and they did something with the taillights, uh, some kind of a signal that alerted the other truckers that this trucker was in trouble. And they made the uh, they caught the hijackers and and uh, put them away. But is there such a signal that a trucker can use if he's in trouble, you know, by using his taillights? Uh, you know, good question. Not nothing I'm aware of unless the kids knew, you know, like Morris Code and were kind of flashing SOS or something with the lights maybe? Or... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that could have been. But they didn't say it was an SOS. They just said it was a, some kind of a code or something that all the truckers used. 
Maybe that was true in the fifties or something when I read this this story. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not familiar. Uh, maybe some of the old timers out there would uh, know if that's the case. And yeah, interesting question, though. But yeah, we knew we do know the you know the Morse code, yeah, the dot dot. You know how to send that signal. All right, about 18 before the hour, and we'll get back at it right after this. It's 888-860-8785 on America's Trucking Network. If- All right, look at a 16 before the hour. I hope you had a good weekend. And it's 888-860-8785. You know, last week, you know, with, with, like every day we get some new information about the covid and one of the stories last week was about uh, for those that are overweight, which we've been talking in recent years, there's a lot of overweight people in this country. The link between having a few extra pounds and in the event that you catch the COVID, uh, becoming stronger, as the CDC said, uh, that people who are merely overweight, not just obese, uh, may be at risk of serious infection from uh, the disease. Uh, some of the serious complications. Uh, warnings posted last week uh, from the website means about two-thirds of the, the American people could face higher risks. I don't know, somebody do a little, little back-checking here around the country, around the world, rather. Yeah, what is the percentage of obesity in the United States uh, versus the percentage of obesity in, like, some other countries around the world? Because that that may very well be a contributing factor to why, uh, as some try to point out, we're not doing as good as some other countries. Nearly 40% of American adults are obese which the CDC tied to the poor outcome of the infection back in late June. Then you get about 32% that are overweight. Obese people are more likely to fall very ill with COVID-19 and be hospitalized. And the risk of death increases along with a higher body mass index. That's very interesting. Doctors determine whether people are obese or overweight with the calculation, you know, the whole BMI, the height, the weight, uh, estimating body fat called body mass index. Overweight is a body mass index of 25 to 30. Obesity is a body mass index of 30 or higher. For example, a man who's, say, 5 foot 11, weighs 200 pounds, uh, would be considered overweight. You add 25 pounds, uh, that same individual would be considered obese. But I'm pretty sure the obesity and overweight levels in this country are pretty significantly higher than many other countries around the globe. Uh, yes, Chevy guy. Yeah, answer blind, man. The only thing I can think of, I mean, to warn anybody you got something wrong or draw attention to yourself, uh, you can't use your flashers because the flashing would go on up front and then the dash. But uh, the old tractors, you used to be able to just 
uh, pull the brake handle down. The trailer brakes, you can pull it down just a little bit, and the brake lights can come on. And they used to stay. Now all of them, if you pull your brake handle down, you let it go, and the trailer brake handle, it'll flip right back up. It won't lock in. So that that might be what he was talking about, uh, drawing attention to himself. Mm -hmm. uh, other truckers, if you don't do it, if you don't do it tight enough, you won't burn up your brakes, but you might smoke them a little bit, which would draw attention to yourself, and especially uh, a police officer will definitely uh, take note. Yeah. So maybe that's what he's talking about. Okay. And uh, enjoy the show. Go sit back and copy the rest of the mail. We'll be looking forward to tomorrow morning. Thank you, Chevy guy. Uh, Sam, I believe it is. Hello, Sam. Yes, it's Sam in Alabama. Alabama. What's going on this morning, Sam? Well, I just come up with a little thing. I'm going to make me a sign and put it in the yard. It says, uh, if you vote for Biden, you can get a pink slip. If you vote for Trump, you may get a paycheck. Okay. You like that? You like that? Yeah, sure, sure. That's If you want to put that up, feel free. I'm ready. I'm ready for him. You might could, I, I you, 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 you might could make some T-shirts with that, uh, and maybe sell them. Make make you a few bucks T-shirts. Everybody else is selling T-shirts. What was the What was the one they came up with a couple of weeks ago? I pay more taxes than Donald Trump. I think those yeah those were selling like hotcakes. Why not? Uh, let's jump to David. What's happening, David? I'm going to make this real quick. Okay. Um, no, I'm Steve. Um, real quick. Uh, about Amy Coney Barrett's nomination and confirmation hearing. Mm -hmm. Now, what I find real interesting is that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden haven't got an opinion on that. They really don't. I mean, if they're so critical about this president debating, you know, well, where's their opinion on the debate of this nomination? Well, I mean, that's where Kamala made her full dissertation uh, going back to saying Ooh. Abraham Lincoln had the opportunity you know, to, to, to nominate a justice. And she, she pretty much told a fictitious story, which... Yes, she did. I, I shared that on Friday morning's program. Well, no, according to the facts, uh, historically, Snopes did the full investigation. They said, uh, you will not find any, anything historically stating that Abraham Lincoln felt it was his moral duty uh, to wait for the people to vote first. And yes. So, so that was fictitious. No, obviously, you know, they have, Joe and Kamala both yeah, have been pretty yes. much abundantly clear that they can't stand the idea of Donald Trump proceeding with this before the election. You know, trying to say, it's never happened before. Now, we, we've gone back, and uh, the records, Helen, it's been, it, I can't remember off the top of my head. Could probably pull it up pretty quick. But there's been like 40 or 50 election years, historically, uh, where a Supreme Court nominee has taken place during that election year. And I think pretty much all but a couple were actually confirmed in that year. All right, uh, we'll get back to the calls coming up here. 
Will there be a stimulus deal? They continue to try to to meet in the middle. Uh, They went from a very, very broad, what was it? Democrats had a $3 trillion package. Republicans was more like $1 million. Uh, So the Democrats have cut back a bit on theirs. Republicans have bumped up a couple of times. The latest offer from the president Friday was up to a $1.8 trillion package. I think it had been $1.3 after the initial $1 trillion package. That's getting closer. Nancy Pelosi says uh, 2.2. Pelosi urging the team... Uh, or rather, the president urging the team to you know, go big. Uh, it's amazing how in one week's time, the president says we're going to call off negotiations until after the election. And then literally within hours of that, starts sending out messages that, well, give me a standalone bill with money for the payroll protection program and stimulus checks for the people, just the necessities. And then he says we're going to restart the talks. So... Uh, Then you had the Federal Reserve urging Congress be aggressive. The economy needs some help. A lot of people are suffering. A lot of small businesses are suffering. We need Congress to be aggressive so that the recovery can be stronger. So maybe they'll make some progress this week. We'll see. President yesterday said that now, he wants the urging Congress to pass a stripped-down COVID relief bill. He says we've got leftover funds from, from the original, the expired small business loan program. And what were the numbers? Now, like $135 billion. He said Congress should immediately vote on legislation to enable uh, the use of the unused Paytech, paycheck Protection Program funds. So apparently even after all those loans that had been requested and approved, there's still $135 billion uh, that was available from the CARES Act. All right. I guess the old use it or lose it came into play. Uh, didn't get used, so it's there. Yeah, we'll come back, winding things down here on a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend here on America's Trucking Network. All righty, what are we looking at? From CDL Life, uh, a tech startup officially debuting the latest version of their very driverless truck. And they plan to begin shipping this thing in uh, 2021, next year. I mean, it's something right out of science fiction. We begin to see these things rolling down the roadway. Uh, it, it's essentially like a, a a big box on wheels. There's no cab, so there's there's no windows. It's completely autonomous. It's a Swedish company. Uh, Ian Ride has unveiled the newest version of their driverless. That, that well, that's a good word. Pod. Uh, they've got the, those pods that you can have you know, delivered out to your driveway for storage and whatnot. Uh, it's, a, it's a pod on wheels. An all-electric truck that they want to put into production very soon. The first version 
of the pod truck was released back in 2017, which started the whole online discussion. Uh, It does look like something out of a sci-fi movie. No cab. Uh, You cannot put a driver in the vehicle. You couldn't put a driver in if you wanted to. Uh, Their latest version, they say, is more aerodynamic than the version from back in 2017. And it's designed to be produced at scale. Their next version of the pod uh, is available in what they call autonomous electric transport levels one through four. Level one would be for closed facilities. Level two, mostly closed facilities, but it can't be operated on public roads for a short distance. Level three is designed for operation on back roads or some of the less busy public roads. And then you've got level four, which is designed for totally autonomous operation on public highways. They said all levels of these trucks are currently available for pre-order. They will begin shipping level one and two to customers next year. Then level three and four begin shipping in 2022 or 23. Going back to this whole debate about how much longer are truck driving jobs going to be a necessity in this country? Yeah, some would say it's going to be another 10 years. With things like this, it looks like they're going to begin weeding things out in a lot shorter time than 10 years. Uh, Level 1 and 2 will be able to haul about 16 tons and reach speeds of only 18 miles per hour. They have a battery range of 80 to 110 miles. So this this is all short-distance stuff with the pods anyway. Uh, But with that, we are out of time on a Monday. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you back here. Join us again tonight at the midnight hour. It is America's Trucking Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.